1: available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now here's your host, L Russ. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we have Beverly Meyer. Her website is ondietandhealth.com. She is a gluten-free and paleo nutritionist and natural health practitioner, blogger, podcaster, and has a naturopathic health practice as a gluten-free and paleo nutritionist at her diet and health center in San Antonio. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So you've had our, our guy, Mark Sisson on your show before, and we've, uh, we've, we know you in this world, you, you have a great website on diet and health. Uh, before we get into our topic of K2 today, which will be really interesting. I, I can't wait to learn about that. You had a really long journey. You know, on your website, you talk about, you know, being a natural health patient really since the seventies and going through this journey. Tell us what was ailing you. You know, how did you fix that? And how did you get to where you are now with this primal diet? Uh, what you're one of the strongest proponents of it. <laughs> Well, I think like many of
0: us in this field, we got here because we were not well and had to start doing our own research, becoming our own advocate and finding out everything we could. It just happened to start for me back in the in the early seventies, which, you know, when I mean, we, we did we were just getting tofu then, you know. I mean, it was really the beginning of alternative ideas of things like soy and which of course we know now is not good, but still it was a time of, of, of suddenly everything exploding. And um, I was not getting help with a chronic virus that I'd had for a long time. And I did the, what the doctors knew to do and a friend of mine sent me to this completely strange person that did something called muscle testing, which I'd never heard of. And he had hundreds and hundreds of little glass vials and um, he had 12 homeschooled kids with natural births. You know, it's just a really
1: amazing, wow, who are these people? Right. And now there's doulas running around all over Los Angeles and <laughs> people having water births everywhere. But yeah, that was at the beginning of all of that really unique, uh, unique stuff. So he he helped me
0: a lot in a short time and but that's that was my big eye-opening experience that there is so much more out there than than any of us know. I mean I was still, you know, in college. So um and then after that, I basically, I'm undi- was an undiagnosed celiac. So I've always had a wide variety of health problems, you know, my appendix going when I was eight and, you know, all this. So it's, it's been a rough journey with this body. And, um, but in, uh, uh, you know, I traveled with and to see various doctors and mentored with people. At some point, I eventually just sold all my companies. I had international businesses that I owned and ran and was working myself to death and um you know i i didn't realize how sick i was i think i think that's common in your 20s and 30s isn't it um and you know at finally at some point i was really sick and got rid of all my companies and marriage and all that stuff and just began seeing doctors and then studying nutrition night and day and became certified in with a highly professional organization the I-A-A-C-N, the International and American Association of Clinical Nutritionists. Um, But, uh, and that was in 89, so I was already practicing since I was 85. And so, my clinic's been 85, and then fast forward, I've been podcasting for about four years, and my own show's Primal Diet, Modern Health, and my website on diet and health, and Here I am, I'm still working the good work on myself as well as on helping other people.
1: Yeah, and bringing great information. I love the video. that Your your website's great on diet and health, has so many loaded with articles. And I love your little intro video, The Diet for Human Beings, which just makes me laugh. It's so true. We always talk about that in this world. Um, One of the things I really like about, well, I love the video and everyone should go and watch it. Can you tap into just that first minute where you talk about, that first instinct of digestion? Because I think that's just an interesting way you put it. And I think that people will be fascinated to sort of hear that if they haven't already.
0: Well, um, and this is a part of the way I explained to clients. So I thought, well, let's just start the DVD this way. And so call it species appropriate nutrition. <laughs> and that was not a good name for my DVD. So that's why it's called the diet for human beings. But Um, but the little story is, what if you fall in love with this beautiful, exotic, expensive parrot? But it's a $5,000 parrot. And, you know, you're not going to just feed it, uh, bird seed from, you know, the, the grocery store. The first question you're going to ask is, what does it eat? And yet we don't ask the same about humans. What do humans eat? We're not hummingbirds. We're not wolves. We, we have our own very distinct digestive system. And, you know, we can pretty much shove anything into our face, you know, <laughs> like a hummingbird. And, and we do. <laughs> <laughs> At least the hummingbird is limited to either your red sugar water or actual flowers. But um, we just stuff stuff in there. And, and the question now is, well, but what is it that your body was designed for and what can it actually digest and utilize, which of course gets us right out of the world of grass seed, which is what the grains are. They're grass seed. And that's what you know—horses and elk and and moose eat. <laughs> they eat grass and grass seed. Humans don't eat that.
1: I love that. And then, well, could you talk about the the hydrochloric acid part too? Because I love—I like that angle as well to sort of give everybody even a little bit more sort of detail imprint there on on that concept.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, our stomachs, when when we see food, smell food, begin to taste food. Uh, when that when when the digestive system cranks into gear before we've actually even got food in our mouths, and the first thing that happens is this huge release of hydrochloric acid in the stomach, and hydrochloric acid only has a purpose of digesting protein and i.e. animal foods, and that's my standard conversation with people that are vegans and vegetarians: is well, if we were meant to eat, um, not eat. Animals. Why is it that the first thing we release is hydrochloric acid, and that's what triggers the whole cascade of the enzymes and all the other stuff that comes later—the bile, the enzymes. But it's that it's that hydrochloric acid that comes first,
1: right? And I always like to—I always say, "Well, you don't you don't feed a horse a steak. You know, it's just not—it's exactly. <laughs> not how that works." Um, let's talk about K two. What is it? What is it good for? How do we get it? Let's get into this and see. This this is an interesting topic and something that, you know, I've seen show up over the past few years, and uh, I'd love you to delve into it.
0: Well, okay. So I was not aware of K2. Like many of us, we really never even heard of it, especially even, you know, just in the last two, three years, we're starting to hear a little. But um, I have a very narrow body. I'm tall and very narrow My face is very narrow with a very like a pointed chin. And I became um, one of the big points of Weston Price and the research that he did and then is ongoing is that if children and adults are nourished properly, if children are nourished properly and in pregnancy too, that we will develop broad, wide cheekbones, which of course uh, Weston Price was well known for uh, the thousands of photographs he took of, of people with great wide cheekbones. And, and they didn't have dental problems or many other health problems. But in, in our modern world, we're so deficient in vitamin K2, which Weston Price discovered. No one, he called it the X factor activator X. He didn't really have a name for it. And we now know it, it's vitamin K2. But, uh, he said, it doesn't matter what you do. You, you have to have K2. Or you can't utilize vitamins A and D and E and F. The fat soluble vitamins go together. And if you leave out the K2, um, you, you can't use and utilize the others. And so my own journey a couple years ago, I thought, you know, I, I think that you can change some of this structure in the face and the mouth, open the airway a little, um, and began working with some very unusual type of dentists. Um, to actually see if we can't broaden my bite a little bit. And that's how I got into K2. And so here, here's the best analogy I can give you. And it's a visual. And if you think of the capital K, so the three words I'm about to say all start with capital K. And that is K carries calcium.
1: Mm, I like it.
0: And that's the way to understand and remember all of this. Is it anything that you can think of? that has anything to do with calcium, K2 is involved. Not K1, but K2. K carries calcium.
1: Well, what is K1? Can you tell us the the difference between K1 and K2? Well, it's
0: just like the B vitamins or whatever. They all have completely different functions. K1 is we get from green vegetables, particularly green leafy vegetables, but it's it's in all of the green vegetables. And K1 is an important nutrient for regulating are clotting of blood. So there you kind of think of K-clot, you know? <laughs> and uh, so that if you if you have a cut or an accident, whatever, that you don't just bleed to death. So K-1 helps your body um, clot the blood appropriately. And then blood thinners, which they modern, non, so modern doctors put um, uh, their stroke and heart disease patients often will put them on blood thinners, uh, to thin the blood down, and that's the direct opposite of K one, and and that's a whole other story. I, I, you may not remember, but some people do that when President Bush, George Bush was president, and he put on, got put on blood thinners, and they told him don't eat broccoli, and that became a big meme about you know, hey, broccoli's bad for your blood, it'll you know it'll thicken your blood, It is is just completely false. But anyway, so that's K one. It comes in green vegetables. We can and do convert. Some of the K1 into K2, but the vast primary source of K2 comes from food, and always has, and and now of course we also have supplements. But um, if and here again you're right into the, the the primal diet, the paleo diet, because the the source for K2 naturally is animal fats, animal organ meats. Um, uh, real pastured bird eggs, fish eggs, pastured, uh, green, spring green grasses that would make milk. And then we would have the, the milk or the ghee from, from those, whether it's a, a horse or whatever animal that you're collecting that raw, spring raw grass fed milk from. And then also, um, natto fermented soybeans is a huge source vitamin k2 and good proper real authentic homemade sauerkraut also uh, and some of these other ferments have some k2 so ferments and animal fats and and organ meats and eggs or that's kind of where we're at and and then some of that raw certain particular spring grazing animal milks and then the certain cheeses that it might turn to. And Weston Price, um, in the last few years, the suggestion has been take cod liver oil for the omega-3s, the vitamin A, and the vitamin D. But as Weston Price said, you must have... K2 or the A and D won't work. And in fact, we'll get into why that actually makes you worse to have them without K2. And so everybody kind of got used to being told to buy the high vitamin butter oil. And there is some K2 in high vitamin butter oil, but there are other sources that are much, much greater. And again, we're trying to make up for what we would have eaten as hunters and gatherers and and by fermenting things you know experimenting with ferments that that created K2 not that we knew that in the old days
1: but now now we do and the main function really it's all about and this is an interesting discussion about dealing with calcium in the right places and not in the wrong places because this was a discussion i had with uh with Dr. Forsman where he was saying you know usually it's it's it they keep you know that old meme about just pitching women calcium, you need calcium, you need calcium, and it's really not the amount of calcium, it's a distribution issue, right? And that seems to be in play here. So can we talk about like that, you know, the where it should and shouldn't be?
0: Yeah, and this, oh gosh, I mean, I'm so passionate about this because the, we're talking about a cradle-to-grave problem, before cradle, pregnancy-to-grave problem <laughs> is this vitamin K2. that In fact, I am I have an enormous clinic with supplements, not the clinic's not big, but the supplements and so on. And yet, I'm actually kind of a minimalist. I really don't put people on a lot of stuff, but I'm adamant about getting people a vitamin D and K2 supplement. I think people need to take that every single day forever and ps we do not store well but nps we do not store vitamin k2 like the other fat soluble vitamins all right so you know you can store up vitamin a and d in the liver right um but but k2 we do not store it so that's another piece of this of oh my gosh i'm going to be deficient in k2 um is because we don't store it all right
1: So we need a daily dose of some kind. And if you're not regular eating the animal fat or or for some reason have to limit certain things in amounts or don't like certain foods, then supplementation is important. And obviously, it sounds like people are probably naturally a little bit deficient in it and supplementation could just help optimize everybody. Um, But yeah, get into that a little bit more. I I, I did not know that and I will be looking into it. (laughs) So
0: I want to back up uh, back to the K carries calcium, where does what's happening when there is K2 or not K2. So vitamin D helps cells absorb calcium. Okay, and yes, it's critically, urgently important. If you want a bone cell to get calcium or whatever, you you need vitamin D to help the cells absorb the calcium. But here's where the K two remember K carries calcium. So K two, this is a little bit um, what do you call it when you shorten something down to make it understandable? But you know, the Cliff Note version. (laughs) (laughs) But it's still you know ninety percent true that the, the K2 ex- escorts calcium to where it should be delivered. It's putting the right address on that envelope. And so you want K2 to carry the calcium into a bone or a tooth uh, or muscles and nerve cells, the places that, that, that we need the calcium, and the D will then deposit it there once it gets to the right place. But if we don't have K2 to, to carry the calcium, and here we go and we swallow a bunch of, of calcium pills or calcium in food, and then we take up some vitamin D with it, and so now it's all in our stomachs, and basically it ends up in the bloodstream with no address. Mm, so and that leads to what hardening of the arteries. It's going the calcium's gonna get dragged along until it falls out. And where it falls out into are your veins and your arteries, your joints, your kidneys, stones, your gallbladder, stones, bone spurs. So anything where there is a calcium deposit in the wrong place that could be very, very uh, positively a K2 issue. So arthritis, kidney stones, gallbladder stones, uh, arthritic joints, bone spurs, and the biggie, atherosclerosis, the hardening of the arteries. And the, the easy analogy is for anybody else that lives in hard water country like I do in central Texas, we sit on limestone aquifers here, so our water is is basically hard enough to stand up in the sink. I mean, it's it's really <laughs> really high in calcium, and um, so you know you consume that that calcium, that water, and uh, or you have it in your house plumbing or your sprinkler system, your dishwasher, and the pipes get clogged up with the calcium. All right, and and. You, you, this is why we you then you have to go
1: get the CLR. Yeah, mode. that's right. Yeah. Your
0: water pressure drops. All this stuff. Well, that's exactly what's happening with quote unquote heart disease and high blood pressure. Is is that you know you're you're full of calcium and and you know that pipe is getting smaller and stiffer and smaller and stiffer, and yet your body's still valiantly trying to pump some blood around and get it up to your head and to your toes and. Uh, males will recognize this. They got to get you got to get that blood there, and these little capillaries and veins and arteries and big ones they can they get full of
1: calcium basically. Well, let me ask you this about that. So let's say the damp, some damage has been done, not necessarily with someone with, you know, full blown heart disease, but let's say we could look inside someone's body and we see that calcium has started to form in the arterial walls and it not gone to the wrong address, et cetera. Can the application and supplementation of K2 help reverse, flush out or uh, alleviate the damage that's already been done? Yes, no, and maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's, I'll accept all of those. <laughs> there's just
0: not a lot of good research on this. And um but but yes, I I strongly do believe that indeed vitamin K2 can reverse uh and pull calcium away from where it's not supposed to be and help deliver it where it is supposed to be and by the way even varicose veins are affected by vitamin K2 which is not it's that's a whole other issue is the pressure that builds up in these um the gallbladder and the bile ducts the veins and the arteries it's also this pressure thing that can cause hemorrhoids and spider veins and all of this stuff so yes it, it, we there's not a lot of solid research on it but there is enough out there that says absolutely some of this calcium can be picked right back up and moved around to where you you do want it to go, and because um, yeah, we a lot of us have calcium all over the place.
1: We just it's just not in the bones where we we want it to be. It's such an interesting topic too, because I think it's just it goes back to that whole just overloading everybody with it and not looking at the various components like delivery and you know <laughs> getting to the wrong address. Who, I mean, obviously, you mentioned earlier, you think everybody should be on K2, but really, who should supplement? And I, I'm assuming you're going to say everybody, or are there specific people that really need to consider it if the general population isn't going to jump on board? Uh, who is a perfect candidate for the supplementation?
0: Well, there are just not many peoples on this planet who are living with their own primitive food stores and hunting and having the acreage and to, to hunt and to, to eat the way we were built to eat. And yes, we, we learned, humans learned how to ferment things. Long time ago, and another word for ferment is is rot, if you will. You know, there's a, a fermented seal flipper is you know is a, a, a was well, a
1: delicacy at one point. It's <laughs> yeah. a delicacy
0: in the in the in the northern peoples that you know, Eskimo and so on. That you know, they they take stuff and they bury it, and it it basically ferments, it rots, and then like with, dogs with bones. They, right? Yep, and then when they eat it, it's just bursting with with these vitamin K2. So, um, but it's really, I think. This I want to touch base back to this dental issue because um, wow I've I have podcasts and blog posts on this galore because I'm so incredibly interested in this. But if you look at somebody with a face with a square jaw and wide cheekbones, okay, think Brad Pitt, George Clooney, okay, so it's that classic square jaw wide cheekbones, Julia Roberts, the big wide smile and all of that. And then you look at, in your mind's eye, you know, a lot of the, the fashion models or whatever. Or from now, after hearing your podcast, now, people are going to be looking around. It's like... Oh, you have these little quote unquote pixie faces.
1: These little right. We're going to diagnose everybody a K two deficiency. These
0: <laughs> V shaped chins. You know these V shaped. They're not big squares, uh, like blocks. They're they're little pointed V shaped chins. And what has happened is that the whole shape of your your the internal palate in your mouth, it, it's misformed, and the teeth are crowded, which is why you people have to go and have their teeth pulled. And braces and all this stuff is because we've, we're growing these little tiny jaws and cheekbones and, and K2, when we are in utero and then during childhood and, and during the whole time of formation of our physical structure will allow, encourage, make large cheekbones that a big square jaw can hang and hinge off of it properly and leave room for all 32 teeth. So it's not just that you're going to as young people you're going to have dental work and braces and instructions and money and all of that whole thing. But here's another little finer point in in acupuncture uh the meridians of the body run up and down the body. They're like freeways, right? And they run up and down the body carrying energy. And these these acupuncture meridians a lot of them pass right through the area between the temple and the ear. Oh, right on top of the temporal mandibular joint, the TMJ. So we get these squashed faces, TMJ problems, and migraines. And unbeknownst to us, we we do have these acupuncture meridians like the gallbladder, or thyroid. A lot of there's all this stuff that's running right through that area that 's getting crowded and compressed from an acupuncture point of view too it 's really it 's really interesting so so yes, the mommies need to be uh stoking up on this uh, k two uh, along with their calcium and d when they're when they 're carrying and then after they 've given birth, um, the children can uh you know we talk about giving babies raw pastured egg yolks for example and and chopped up liver and and you know these are really important foods for babies because they do have these fat-soluble nutrients in them. But uh, one of the be- not one of the best source of vitamin K two is emu oil. So uh, when Interesting. you yeah, so when you're ready, let me toss the the whole emu story at you. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, please, I can't wait to hear it.
0: <laughs> As I say on my blog post, I'm like. I, who could have ever imagined I'd know so much about emus you know
1: well and also just like who, who what a random animal like who discovered that <laughs> I just want to hear that whole story too and find out tap into the mind of the person that jumped in on that so yeah so do you do you consume emu
0: oil or is that yes you do and and this is not uh, people may know there's emu oil in in cosmetics and lotions and it's it's has quite a reputation for arthritis pain as a topical um whatever supplement topically. And so there's lots, there's emu oil and then there's emu oil. And the real stuff you'll find on the website of Walkabout, um, I don't know the whole name, but if you just Google Walkabout emu, you'll find it. Um, And that's the emu oil I carry. Now, these are, (laughs) this is a specific breed of heritage emus. <laughs> they're not your average emus that are uh being raised for meat and and their oils. This is a very specific heritage emus and they create enormous amounts of vitamin K2 because these the male emus sit on those chicks on the nest for weeks and weeks without any food at all. And so they're living off this fat that they've <laughs> that they've collected. So where are they? Uh, Where are they doing this? The, they're in Australia, and and okay. yeah, and so this is uh, now a, a heritage
1: uh, walkabout makes sense. You, that, you'd have to you go. probably go on go on one to find one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think Emu are indigenous to Australia, so but I don't think they are anywhere else. But um, anyway, they have enormous amounts of MK two, and excuse me, of K two, and it's in the MK four. Form there's MK4 and MK7 and that's a whole other story, but, um, but it's a fat. So you've got the omega three six nine. You've got all the natural anti inflammatories in there. It's a you know it's a full food this emu oil. In fact, I replace most of my clients' fish oil with emu oil. So there, yeah, it sounds like yeah. it's
1: just a real one shot deal on so many levels.
0: And it, it also comes in a liquid. Which um, it the, here's the thing. You want to try to figure out how to get this in your your babies, right? So you you can put it on the nipple if you're nursing, uh, or you can just take a drop and put it in their mouths. But as they get a little older, you can put a drop on a, a bite of food, or you can still just put it in the mouth. So you won't get the MK2 if it's applied on that arthritic shoulder. You'll get the fatty acids and the anti-inflammatories. When it's used externally, but you won't get the MK2 out of it because it takes, we have to have fat to break down and absorb and process fat soluble vitamins, right? So A, D, E, F, and all the Ks have to be taken with food, with fat, because that's how they're emulsified and broken down and stored and transported themselves.
1: Another sort of argument towards the fat dominant. Genetics, we were, <laughs> we were, we are, we are filled with. Um, it, what does emu oil taste like? It, it has almost no taste or smell at
0: all. It's, it's you know, uh, like flax oil or something. I mean, it, it has its own s- tiny, slight flavor, but it's extremely mild. And, uh, you can sneak it into a bite of food that your children are going to eat and they won't even know. It just adds a little glossiness to the food. Um, but you don't want to cook it, obviously. So you can, you can prick open a capsule and just, you know, squirt out a, a drop. All it takes is a drop for a little one. And, um, and then you take the rest of the capsule. So, uh, it's very potent. It's, it's, um, the, the walkabout emu oil is 10 times more potent. Than the highest of the high vitamin butter oils, so it's it's like eating ten pounds of butter a week. Just taking an emu or capsule or two a day for the rest of your life.
1: Wow! And have you felt or noticed significant differences since supplementing with it? Yeah, that is such a good question, and the answer is no. I don't. It's
0: not one of those things you feel like a thyroid or an adrenal supplement or or something, but. Um, but I do know that I'm working again with tri- is with widening my dental palate. I am expanding my palate and pulling my lower jaw forward and expanding my face a little bit. So I'm asking my body to to work with my cheekbones and my palate and my teeth and and I'm I wear like a, a light retainer that looks like nothing. It looks like two paper clips strung together. I mean, it's really light. It's called an alf advanced light wire. But um Uh, So I am taking the K2 because I'm helping my body hopefully move some calcium around. And I have severe osteoporosis. I'm 64 and very, very fine boned. So um, I do have osteoporosis, which is not very exciting. And uh, so now that I've discovered K2, absolutely. But it's nothing that I can feel directly. However, back to applying it topically, which you can do with the capsule. You just prick it open or... You get the liquid. Um, it's incredibly, insanely good in some people in psoriasis, in arthritis, um, it just these topical uses. It's like, it's like, well, let's Let's put some on there and see how it works, and yeah, uh,
1: maybe even for eczema. Who it, knows? yes,
0: and I, and I have a client that that has wasn't real big on changing their diet a lot, but they were happy to put emu oil on their psoriasis, and you know, it's amazing. It's like, wow, that really is helping you a lot. So um, kind of where I'm at with, with K2 is, is it, it won't hurt you, and that's another point. No study has ever shown any. Negative side effects of K2, except there's two forms in K4, MK7. It gets a little complicated, and we all don't exactly know what we're talking about with this. But MK7 uh, is has a longer um, half life in the body, and it apparent some people say that it, 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 if they take high doses of the MK7, they they feel I don't know a little speedy or something. I'm not quite sure, but um, but there's, there is a study, one of the few out there in Japan, a Japanese study of women with osteoporosis, diagnosed osteoporosis. And so we're talking about three micrograms or, or 40 micrograms, tiny doses of this K2 is what we're talking about. And these are women that were given 45 milligrams of vitamin K2. And to reverse their osteoporosis. And that, that study is, um, it seems like a pretty solid study. So it's, you know, a hundred times the amount. Uh, and I don't by any means want anybody to go and start taking that kind of dose of K2. They, these people were in a medical study, but, um, so it, it appears to have extremely little downside and, uh, potentially, uh, no upper limit. So, That's why, okay, fine. I'm eating my pastured foods. I eat my organ meats. I eat pure Indian foods, ghee by the case. Um, It is a pastured grass sourced ghee. So there is a little bit of K2 in there. The pastured raw eggs. um, I'm not real big on on fish eggs, but and I don't do natto, but I do have good high quality homemade kraut. And then I take my K2.
1: I'm so glad to know about the 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 fish eggs because it's one of my favorite things in the whole world. Okay, okay. Um,
0: but I wonder because that's yeah. I wonder helps.
1: what uh, what organ meats are. Is there one that might be better than others? Marrow bone versus liver. Is there something that is even high, the highest of those? I,
0: I don't have that data to answer that. What what we know in general is just think in terms of that primal diet. You're eating the, the organ meats and all the bits and parts that, that we evolved to eat where all the fats and the fat soluble vitamins are. We know that muscle meat is the, is the least useful of the meat on the animal it's you know it's the part you haul home after the hunters have feasted on all the organs and the fat and the brains and all this stuff and then they haul home the the leg shanks and whatever to to get that muscle meat that they can store and dry and 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 carry back so
1: and that's a thing uh, that's something that i find very interesting a lot of people don't know as well but you know not only in just the animal world where the alpha will get the first pick at the organ meat, of course, they go right for that. And then also probably the same in our hunter gatherer world as well. But that you're right, that is the first order of business um, when they're demolishing and eating an animal.
0: Yeah, because those those organs don't uh, store well, you know, brains and livers and kidneys and all that don't store very well. And they don't smoke up and dehydrate very well. But muscle meat and you know, is is, um, pretty easy to to store and keep until the next time you you need some animal protein.
1: What's been your experience in your practice? I mean, it's been so many years. Have you had experiences with people that have lived a vegetarian and or vegan lifestyle for a long time and they need to transition and you help them through that?
0: (laughs) Yes. And, you know, it's different with everybody, but I'll tell you my absolutely favorite story. Uh, I had a, a A young woman in her youngish thirties, I think like 33, something like that, uh, energetic, beautiful, well-dressed, exercise, uh, very motivated, kind of a, you know, just a wonderful, on-top-of-things person who had a severe neurological disorder that where she would just fall down and, you know, things, horrible things would just happen to her. Her nerves would not fire and she'd been getting very expensive treatments of, of of infusions and all of this stuff it just was hideous what was happening and in the process of my intake with her uh yes she indeed was a vegetarian and had been for maybe 10 years and had even had a sanskrit word tattooed on her wrist and, and I said, what's that? What does it mean? And she said, well, long and story of it is, is, you know, don't eat animals. So, you know, this is a pretty committed vegetarian. I said, well, that's all right. Cause now you're going to tell everybody that, you know, health is wealth or whatever is what it means. And, um, and I said, here's the thing. You're going to have to do what I tell you to do and, uh, you know, completely turn your diet around. She said, okay. And, you know, and I saw her like 10 days later with a food diary. She said, Oh my God. She said, I am like, I went out dancing with my husband. She says, I haven't been able to do that in years because I'd fall down and get trampled. She said, I said, great. What'd you have for breakfast? And I looked at her food diary. It was buffalo stew. I mean, you know, the work. She just completely dove right into it. And for whatever reason, you know, it was just a massive turnaround for her. So, so yes, there, there amazing things can happen. Um, one of my mottos,
1: what about what about the resistance? There's had to have been some that because that's that sounds like someone who's really open and willing, but a lot are so unwilling. And you know, they if it's been a really long time as well, and then there's this whole ethical thing. And then there's this whole just, they're grossed out by it. But if I, I know, I've knew a vegan who vegan for 20, like say 20 years, finally got very ill. The doctors were like, listen, you have to start to consume meat. And she would hold her nose and, you know, put turkey and whatnot down there and swallow it almost like you'd take a awful, disgusting cherry cough syrup as a kid. And, uh, it, it changed her life. She still doesn't like it, but it, it changed her life. Um, I'm wondering what you know. Some of the struggles might have been with some of the people you've you've helped brought over. Were there people that were really resistant?
0: Well, w- one of my mottos with my clients is is when people come to me, sometimes they just want a bunch of supplements. Sell me a bunch of stuff. No, I don't want to change my diet. I don't have time. Whatever. And I'm like, no, we're not going there. And and because one of my mottos is first remove anything you can that's causing your body stress and harm before you add something else. So remove what's causing you stress and harm. You know, your your husband is abusive or whatever. You know, you, you've got to remove these things. In this case, um, it, it, you know, eating an, a completely improper diet that's not a diet for human beings, you have to remove that. You can't supplement your way out of that. You can't add on top of that. And I, I, that's just... This, the way that I am when I talk to people and they know when they make appointments that they can see on my website that, you know, we're going to talk about, um, a complete, a complete, a complete diet, you know, proteins, fats, and vegetables. And, and yes, sure. We have that conversation. What's the thing you're, you're, you, what is the first food that you think of that comes from the animal kingdom that you think you might be interested in? And sometimes, for example, shrimp comes up with several people. It's like, well, I could eat a shrimp. And, um, I had a a, a family member, of, not exactly, but like a family member, and who was a committed vegetarian and was getting quite ill. And we went out to eat, and I had some great shrimp stir fried, whatever platter, and she had whatever she had. And in the course of eating with her, I was I noticed that her eyes kept looking <laughs> at my shrimp. Right, she was, she was eyeing, eyeing it, yeah. my shrimp, and I knew. That and I talked about it later. I said, Would you, you know, would you feel comfortable? And as it turned out, she got diagnosed with celiac and had to completely, you know, get on board and never looked back. So um, I had another client and I I asked them that question What animal food might you feel comfortable experimenting a little? And the first word out of their mouth immediately was meatballs. (laughs) I'm like, All right, let's go with some meatballs, you know. So, um, and, and or bacon Yeah, no, you know bacon's a gateway like, i really miss that bacon yeah know. there i
1: every every vegan or vegetarian i talk to i usually ask them that question like is there anything you smell or that's out there in the world that you miss or you you know kind of have a thought and usually there is some kind of answer sometimes it's salmon or sometimes it's like you know barbecue chicken or there's you know usually one thing and a and my answer is always like, well, then eat that. But, you know, I know people have a lot of issues with it. It's just so funny what people will jump into. And I do think shrimp and fish is a light one for a lot of people. Um, talk to us about your practice. Uh, you you have a obviously a supplement shop and work with patients. You work with people remotely. Um only in person. How do you work if someone wants your help nutritionally, or they've you know got celiac and they need to get dialed in immediately on this kind of thing, or just someone interested in going primal or paleo? How do they work with you?
0: Well, that my clinic is the main thing. That's I've, I've I have a beautiful natural health center in San Antonio. We've got seven practitioners in there, and we're all independent, but you know, we have a a nice synergy there of, of, of activity, you know, for people to get supported like, wow, and and chiropractic might help me and acupuncture might help me and therapy might help me. Um, but eventually that, that is why I made my DVD, the diet for human beings is that I'm so adamant about food first. That, that's my podcast motto, by the way, is food first. Sure. And, um, because it, it, you know, like you say, I just don't, there are cases where you can medicate or supplement your way out of a corner, but for most people and for the permanent fix it's you know it 's got to be food first or at least food first and second you know or second <laughs> um, so I do a little bit of distance consults it 's on my website um, and that 's fine and i can i 'm really good at reading what 's going on with people and I love lab work i just love saliva tests and blood tests. I can get so much data out of those that <clears throat> that their practitioners have, have completely missed. And um, uh, and I like to give people a lot of homework. So, um, you know.
1: <laughs> I, I love that, though, because we we talked about that before, you know, standing up and taking responsibility, jumping in the game. And when you talk about food first, it's sort of on the level, like when people come to you and they're like, I just give me some supplements. And you're like, no, 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 we're not going there that paradigm is just as similar as walking to a doctor's office and just expecting them to give you something, do something for you, fix you. And the one thing you can totally control is what you're putting in your mouth and what you're doing on your end. And so it's just, it's sort of like to pass off, I'll just take a bunch of supplements is also getting rid of this responsibility that you should have in your health right i mean there's that element there
0: yes and and but you know one of the things people get really excited about and my staff when when people call in all the time and a lot of them are asking for you know do you do weight loss and you know the, basically the answer is no but if you're interested in talking about a, a an overhaul of your whole life let's keep talking you know and um but um by the we 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 kind of just get right in there with people right from the start and say you know we're talking about really great, hearty foods with fats like steak and eggs and guacamole for breakfast
1: so good and oh. and you
0: know that will often get people's attention because it's certainly not <laughs> what anybody has told them before and and then once they understand the the re why insulin is you know it, forget cholesterol but it it's insulin that we must understand is going on in the body. And there's a whole section of, of my DVD about that is that, you know, it's insulin is where it's at. And when we start trading off the heavy starches for the better fats, um, wow, you know, it, you can feel that in one day, you know. It's like, wow, it's 1230 and I didn't have a panic attack at, from hunger at my desk. My gosh, you know. And and people, that's when people, you know, I'm just a firm believer that people have to have that aha experience for themselves, and maybe I only t- see or talk to them once. But if I can help stimulate any kind of an aha moment of, you know, we darkened the bedroom and took all the TV and the lights and the clocks and the things out of there, and you know, we actually did sleep better. It's like yes, so uh, we all need those moments of success that that justify our we want to take care of ourselves we're just so overwhelmed that that you know it just doesn't look possible but but it is possible and not only that it's mandatory it's just mandatory you have to stand up and advocate for yourself like with with your book L and you know you talk about that very clearly in the paleo thyroid solution that that um you have to sometimes get down and do and order your own blood work and interview your doctors and and ask them, you know, uh, you can ask sneaky and tricky questions. And if they just stare at you, then end of game, you know, you, you know, that's, they don't even attempt to want to answer that because they don't know what you're talking about. So um, that's, you know, that's a pretty, one good way to start ruling out what kind of a practitioner you want to talk to.
1: Yeah. And those aha moments are very interesting. And I find that they're very similar, whether it's a success story on Mark's Daily Apple or just a friend of mine who, you know, went paleoprimal, got fat adapted. And, you know, it's always like what you're talking about where they're like, I didn't even think about food. I went all day, had energy, was great, did a workout. And I wasn't thinking. I just totally forgot. And they're like amazed or they take a long flight and they're like, I didn't need a snack. What's happening? You know, and he's, when it, when it happens to you and it's like, if you could just get on the train a little bit to just, see, there will be that moment, some kind of moment like that. And that's all it really takes to keep going. I, I
0: want to I put a quick comment back in on vitamin K2 and fat um, yeah. because I this is very important. And so when I just want to emphasize again, when people take cod liver oil, which is great, and by the way, I'm big time proponent of Rosita cod liver oil. I was actually one of the first people that kind of helped break the news about There's a completely different way to make and process and bottle and sell cod liver oil. That's Rosita. But anyway, cod liver oil, no matter what it is, does not have vitamin K two. And this is why Weston Price emphasized that cod liver oil was great, but you had to have what he used—the high vitamin butter oil. So make sure if you're doing cod, you have a source of K two as a pill. That's there. It's very affordable. It's easy, and. Coconut oil does not have any A, any D, or any K2. And and so just be aware of that if you think that coconut oil is the same as cod liver oil. It's not. So I just thought I would mention that.
1: No, that's good to clarify that. And then I just want to throw out, you have been nominated so many times for your top five science-oriented paleo blogger. You've Paleo Magazine Best Of a couple of years in a row. I mean, you've your podcast is nominated all the time. I love how deep and nitty gritty you get into the science. You're such an amazing researcher. Um, tell us more about your site and what we can find there. I love the, love the video you have. Can we? How do we get the full DVD or is the full video up there? I only saw chapter one. I didn't know if you had all of them.
0: Uh, well, yes, you can buy it, but chapter one is your, is your freebie <laughs> to see me sitting at home and talking. So I, t- uh, you know, by the way, the best way to watch that DVD, the way it was designed, every two, three, four minutes, I stop talking, which is a miracle because once you get me going, it's very hard <laughs> to just shut me up. <laughs> but every two, three, four minutes, I stop and a slide pops up and I tell people, keep your finger on the pause button. Every time a slide comes up, pause study the little bit of info that's on the slide it's not much and and then think about do i totally get everything she just said in the last 3 minutes or did i space out and think about my laundry or get completely lost in that conversation about insulin Yeah, you did. So just, you know what, hit that
1: track right over again. I love that you said that. I've had to do that when I first watched Mark's DVD. And I mean, I rewatched it, rewound sections. I mean, there are those moments, you know, you, you're understanding it for the moment you're listening to it. And then it goes by and you're like, wait, 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 that didn't get imprinted fully. I need to redo that. So I love that you sort of imparting on people to really pause and and be aware and ready for that and to really look at it you're challenging people to truly learn the information and that's so important and I love that
0: well, exactly. And it's, it's not, you know, Bruce Willis movie. So there's no action here. So, you know, your mind is going to wander. And at some point you're like, Oh, she says starts one more time. Uh, you know, so you just, you watch it in sections and you rewind, 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 rewind. And if you're really good, make a couple of notes about, you know, that chapter seven right there. That is something I'm going to get my husband to sit there here on the couch and, and crowd in with me and watch this. So yes, it is the I can ma- we mail the hard disk or download stream or or download or stream. All that's in my online store. The vitamin K2, the emu, the DVD, everything, the consults, they're all in the online store. So thank you.
1: Which is on dietandhealth.com and uh, again, tons of articles, your podcast, uh how to reach you. Um how can we find you uh on social media? Yes. Uh Twitter,
0: Pinterest on diet and health. But my Facebook page is Beverly Meyer on diet and health. So it's a really long name, but there you go. Once, once you got
1: it that way, you just don't change it. Aren't you, are you still pretty active on Pinterest?
0: Yes, I actually am. And, and I don't have a lot of recipes on my site, but the ones I have are all it's so easy. My, my qualification for recipes is, Can can a teenager do this with one hand? That to me is something I want to pass on to people. I don't. The way I cook, ebook you get with my newsletter, it explains this. That I cook a huge amount of food for myself in three to four hours, one day a week. The food is plain. It's simple. It's just prepared, and then it is frozen, and then or you know, half of it's there and half of it's frozen, and then. When you go to eat, you like, like, you know, that that cubed steak there looks pretty good. Let me have some of that. And the steamed green beans are good and the kale looks good. And you put it on your little saucepan, your uh, skillet, excuse me, and heat it up with a bunch of ghee and some macadamia oil. And then if you want, throw on some tapenades or some garlic or some cumin or whatever it is that you want. Those are like the condiments that bring simple, plain cooked food to life. So you recombine simple things but with uh, different tastes. And uh, to me, that's, the, uh, that's um, how it goes. So that was my answer to your Pinterest question. So, yes, I do have some recipes on there, but mostly it's these hundreds of blog posts and podcasts <laughs> that are on Pinterest.
1: <laughs> no, they're wonderful. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to impart to our audience before we leave?
0: No, just uh, remember, K carries calcium, and you really need... Vitamin K2 every single day of your life. We do not store it, and it only comes in small amounts. So we need it every day. And the simplest way to do it is a combination of vitamin D with vitamin K2. I've got two of those on my website, but you can find those. So a D with K2. It's not expensive. Take it every single day and uh, and then give the little drops to the young ones too so that their faces and jaws will form properly into nice Julia Roberts faces instead of little (laughs) crowded, oh my gosh, we have to go pull six of your teeth now faces.
1: Right. Um, Or or TMJ problems later. That's right. That's
0: right. Absolutely right. So,
1: Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you. And once again, on dietandhealth.com, just a great source of free podcasts and articles and information. And that uh, I can't wait to see the full DVD as well myself. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you so much, Al, for having me on the show. And you really do a great job with your podcast and and your book. So, you know, good on you, as they say, for for your contribution to helping people take care of themselves. So thanks.
1: Oh, thanks so much. All right. Well, have a great day. All righty. Bye-bye.
2: Hi, folks. Mark Sisson here. And I'd like to tell you about my biggest undertaking yet, the Primal Health Coach Program. My mission is to create a global network of Primal Health Coaches to help transform the health and consciousness of our communities into ones of optimal wellness and happiness. Becoming a Primal Health Coach empowers you to take your primal passions to the next level and embark on a career you love, inspiring others to live lives of vitality and lasting wellness. If you dream of a career in health coaching, but have been held back by worries such as the investment of time and money, then I encourage you to hesitate no longer. Health coaching is the fastest growing specialty in all of coaching, and we've created an online education program that allows you to learn from the comfort of your own home and at your own pace. We also have payment plans available, so you can start immediately for just a dollar down. The world needs Primal Health Coaches to provide a blend of ancestral wellness solutions to the modern health crisis. The world needs you. Are you ready to become one of the world's most trusted, experienced, and knowledgeable health coaches? To learn more about this online certification program and to take the first step toward a career you love, visit PrimalHealthCoach.com and subscribe.